Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hour number two. That's James. I'm Kyle. We're taking you right up to noon. Then we'll hand it off to D'Lo and KC. Um, We've been discussing a lot about the Kings loss to the Phoenix Suns, but let's look ahead to the... Kings game against the Nuggets tonight uh, <laughs> in Denver. Second night of a back-to-back. The most brutal back-to-back you can have. Not only on the route, you've got to go Phoenix, then to Denver. You've got to deal with the altitude. And James, we've we've talked about this with, with the loss to the Suns and some of the bad losses the Kings have had elsewhere this year. Um, I don't know that... I don't know that you can suddenly just punt this one as a schedule loss. Oh no. Like this is you've got yourself in a situation where you you've got to go in against a team that for some reason you're a good matchup with. Uh I'm not sure what the reason is, why it is that the Sacramento Kings have kind of had the Denver Nuggets number. Um, but you know, again, they're two and zero this season. I we saw them on Friday and the the Nuggets were on the second night of a back to back and they they were dragging. Uh they they mm-hmm. definitely didn't look like the Nuggets over the last like couple of years. But for me, uh you walked game and I just look right away at the numbers. De'Aaron Fox played 39 minutes and 50 seconds. Uh, Domanus Sabonis played 38 minutes and 58 seconds. 37 minutes for Harrison Barnes. 33 minutes for Malik Monk. 33 and a half minutes for Keegan Murray. Man. Like, you kind of went for it against the Suns and came up short. And never a good thing because there's a good chance you're going to look like what Denver did last week when you played them, when you play them tonight. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't matter. The Kings don't have that. They don't have that option anymore to just mail in a game. They need to come out and they need to enforce their will. And when you get to the third quarter and, and your body's starting to betray you and tell you that, you know, maybe the three-point shots won't go in, you need to find something else. You need to find more within. And you mm-hmm. got to go out there and say, look, tomorrow I'm getting on a plane and going somewhere and, and sitting on a beach for a week. Today, I got a job to do, and I have to be hyper-focused, and I got to go out there and figure out a way to be the team that we're 2-0 and against. Yeah, and 2-0 and against Denver is has been on a back-to-back in both of those games, but the Kings also appear to match up okay with them. Mm-hmm. So this isn't, this isn't a spot that, you know, you're going into the all-star break. You know, there's no game tomorrow or the day after that. You're going to get to go home. You just can't check out early. So I, I think that that this is a spot where Sacramento can surely go in and at least play well. 
I, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily call it a must win, but I think if, if you can finish off the first half, quote unquote, the first half, <laughs> if you can finish off the first half in game 54 with, with a really strong performance that you can then build on going into the second half where you go, okay, you went to Phoenix and Denver and you lost both of those, but at least X, Y, and Z went well and you feel good about that moving forward. I think that would be okay too, but you cannot just punt it. You you can't, you can't take the night off. You, you, they, they don't have the margin for error to do that. No. And, and that's why you don't want to get yourself in this situation. Realistically. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you need to, like try to avoid situations like this. this should have been like what you talked about, Kyle earlier that these are scheduled losses. Like you look mm-hmm. at it early in the season, you look at your schedule, you take out a red pen, you, you circle the seven game road trip, you circle a six game road trip, you circle mm-hmm. the, uh, the string of games where you have a back to back, but you have a game. You're, it's the third night and third game and four nights. And then that back to back carries over and then you play another game so you literally get stuck in a string of three games and four nights like you need to look at all those things but this is one mm-hmm. that you just circle x out and say okay we're going to lose both of those games or at least there's a good chance we're going to lose both and we probably yeah. should try really hard in the phoenix game and then just you know understand that everyone's ready to go on vacation the next day you know they got yeah. like two suitcases packed here one with all of their <laughs> their regular to-go stuff and then one with like uh like a straw hat and, and big sunglasses <laughs> and uh, a four ounce bottle of sunscreen for Kevin Herter because he can't take a big bottle of sunscreen but he needs a sunscreen uh just sure. looking out for my ginger friend um yeah I mean those are things where you're looking at and uh, like but when you don't have that type of like leeway left in your schedule then you're kind of in trouble yeah. Yeah, uh, a thousand percent. I know that the Nuggets have a couple of players who are questionable tonight. Uh, Jamal Murray and Contavious Caldwell Pope, but I I I want to get to our our matchup to watch because I I think that over the next couple of years, as as the Kings get more and more into the national picture, I think that every Sabonis Jokic matchup is going to get treated like a a. A, it might not be Embiid and Jokic because Embiid talks more and makes it a, a bigger deal than it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it'll be viewed that way where it's like, hey, here is in a league where everything is getting smaller and more athletic. Here are two uh, really good multi-talented big men uh, going at it. There's three players like them in the league and two of them are on the court together. And that's a that's a really, really fun thing. And every time these teams go up against each other, you talk about Murray Fox, you can talk about uh, Michael Porter Jr. and Keegan Murray, like oh, there's a lot of talent there, but Sabonis Jokic is the one for me, man. I, I I love watching these two go at it. Yeah, I do too. So in, in their first matchup of the season, uh, Sabonis had 17 points, 15 rebounds, and f- seven assists. Um, second second matchup, he had 17 uh, 17 points, 17 rebounds, 10 assists for a triple double. Um, Jokic usually scores more. So, again, the first matchup, Jokic had a triple-double, 36, 14, and, and 13, and was incredible. But this is, like, the marquee matchup if if you're the Kings. Like, this is a mm-hmm. this is what everyone should want to watch, right? Because I think the league right now, it is filled with super athletes. It's filled with, you know, LeBron James has, has carried this this torch for 20-something years where, you know, a six foot eight, 275-pound linebacker is flying over everybody right. and dunking. But then you have... In the league, you have these guys that 
I would say Jokic and Luka Doncic both are sort of like your out of shape guys who just hoop. And then you got mm-hmm. Sabonis who does sort of the same thing st- statistically without putting up the gaudy scoring numbers, but everything else is sort of the same. Um, mm-hmm. But they're just doing it a different way. They're such multi-talented uh, players that that you know set up their teammates and make everything yeah. easier for everybody else. And uh, yeah, I, like I just want to keep watching it like the whole time. I'm like, this is nuts. Well, that's why it, you hit the nail on the head there with why this is so fun because it's not the same player just running into each other. They get similar statistics via very different means. Yes. And that's why it's so fascinating to me. But I mean, high IQ players, good passers, good scorers. Uh, Jokic obviously impacts the game differently, a little bit more because he's just bigger and he uses that size to his advantage in ways that, that Sabonis just at, I mean, not that he's a small guy, but, um, at his size, just can't quite get there. Yeah, that and the arsenal that Jokic has, it's just crazy. Like his fallaway jumpers, where again he's oh my like God. seven foot one, shooting at the top of his uh, like fully extended over the top of you, and he throws a moonshot up, and he does that from the three point line. He does him from eighteen feet. He does him from from eight feet. Like the things that he does without leaving the ground, uh, like if you <laughs> like if you wanted to slow him down, just throw a bunch of phone books. He can't get over them, but sure enough, he, <laughs> he can do some of the most amazing things that we've ever seen, and it's so incredibly difficult to keep him off the glass because he's just a he's such a big dude. Not only is he tall, but like he's a a big, heavy set dude for a basketball player. He's not what an NBA player typically looks like. Um, but once you get him in the post, it's nearly unstoppable. Uh, like you can't stop him at all, whether it's as a rebounder or, or just him like scoring over you like again and again and again. Yeah. One of the most difficult covers and statistically speaking, one of the greatest like impactful players the game has ever seen. I don't I, like some people yeah. can say, oh, well, I don't know if he deserved those two MVPs. He not only deserved those two MVPs, he deserved last season's MVP and he probably will win. He'll probably win the MVP again this year. This is a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't care if people get upset that he likes his horses more than he likes going out and hooping during the offseason. You sure don't <laughs> notice it when he steps on the court. He's just one of the best players we've ever seen. He is shooting at the rim 74.2% this year. From 3 to 10 feet, he is at 59.5%. And from 10 to 15 feet, he is at 57.9%. Yep. He's shooting over 60% from 16 feet and in. That's just... And on top of that, he's a 36.6% three-point shooter. Yeah. I mean, man. Not a lot of holes in that guy's game. What a player. His shot chart's ridiculous for a player his size. It's just, it's all over the court. It is, uh, it's really, really crazy. He's really hard to stop. And I can't wait to watch him and, and Demonis Sabonis battle tonight at, uh, what, the Pepsi? Pepsi? No, it's Center? not. It's Balls. Ball, ball, ball. Ball Arena. Ball <laughs> Arena, that's right. Shout out to Mason Jars. There we go. He's the heck out of some Mason Jars here. <laughs> all right. How do the Kings go, in, go into Denver on the second night of a back-to-back and get a win? We'll have some keys to a Kings victory for you next on ESPN 1320.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Hey everybody, I'm Kyle Madsen. That's James Ham. Kings at Nuggets tonight, second night of a back-to-back for Sacramento. Coming off a tough loss to the Phoenix Suns. Now they got to get right back inside. I, I honestly, I I feel like this is almost better for Sacramento that they just go and play Denver now. Well, either way, it's over. Yeah, I just I, I feel like this is I, I I don't it 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 seems like whenever they have a good game where you're going, okay, yeah, there's the Kings, they're back. They get a couple days off or a day off and then they come back and they just don't look the same. Maybe this is what they need to build momentum. You have a really good game, you watch some film, figure out what you can do better defensively, but offensively everything looked great, and maybe you can parlay that into a good performance uh, on the second night of a back to back. So what Kyle is saying is after the team started 0-4 in the season on the second night of a back-to-back, he wants yeah. more. He wants more back-to-backs, not, yeah, yeah. not less back-to-backs. Yeah, no, that's 100%. That's yeah, it. in fact, make every game a back-to-back. No days off. Every game. Every game is a back-to-back. <laughs> I'm trying. Here's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make it... I'm trying to make some kind of... Uh, uh, I'm, I'm looking for some reason that they're not going to lose by 30 to Denver. Okay. I mean, like, look, they have the excuse, and but at this point in the season, the Kings shouldn't have any. They don't have any excuse games left. They don't, they don't get mm-hmm. that anymore. So right, like, right. like there there are reasons why you games in the NBA, and we could easily say that playing Denver on the second night of a back to back and Denver on the road after playing in Phoenix, where you had a hard fought game and you lost, and a bunch of your starters played thirty seven plus minutes. 
that could be a reason why you mm-hmm. lose. But at this point, you've used all your reasons. You, you, the reason notepad where you could say, okay, this is why we <laughs> lost that one. He, I'm going to put that as a reason. Yeah, that mm-hmm. notepad got burned. That notepad is out of paper. And now it's time for you to, uh, the only thing you have left is a pad that says excuses. And that's what everything else from here on out is. That's the situation that you, the Sacramento Kings, put yourself in, right? So, yeah. like, so let's get to uh, let's get to the injury report for tonight. Um, yeah, Chris Duarte is healthy and ready to play. He was healthy last night as well, but uh, I definitely could see the Kings being slightly cautious because it was a pretty good ankle roll that cost him a week plus. Mm-hmm. Very surprised that he is back and up and going after uh, after seeing him in the locker room on crutches. Uh, Sasha Vazenkov is out with a grade three ankle sprain. I'm going to, I'm going to guess that if we see Sasha, it won't be until the last two weeks of the season or so. Like mm-hmm. this is a long, long-term injury. The Kings have said they're going to reevaluate him in four to six weeks. I do not remember ever a grade three ankle sprain, which is a complete detachment of the ligament being a mm-hmm. four to six week injury. Uh, so we're going to have to see how that goes. Really a bummer. He did it in practice on Saturday, and uh, it sounds like Sasha Vizenkov is going to be out a while. Trey Lyles missed last night's game due to illness. Uh, we'll have to wait for the updated injury report to see if he's going to play or not. And then for the Nuggets, Jamal Murray and Contavious Caldwell-Pope are both questionable with their own illness uh, ailments. Um, whether they play or not tonight, I'm not sure. I think it's a little strange that they would sit when you're staring at a week to 10 days off and they haven't played since I think it's Saturday, either Saturday or Sunday, they lost to the Bucks. It was uh, Monday. I think they played Friday and then Monday. Oh, okay. You're right. Yeah. yeah. I lose my days of the week because Kyle hasn't been here. Sorry, man. It, yeah, no, it, dude, it's okay. I, I've got nothing for you once football season ends. So <laughs> I just, every, every day is a weekday at that point. There's no I don't have a line of demarcation. No, I, uh, un, unless, unless they're going to hurt themselves further by playing, I would imagine both of them are on the court tonight. I'm going to I'm going to agree. I think that there's right. probably a good chance. I'm surprised that they're listed as questionable, especially since they both played last game. Tough spot for the Kings tonight on the second night of a back-to-back in Denver, but how do they pull out a victory? Well, we've got six keys for them, three each. Uh James has three, I have three. James, what is your first key to a Kings victory tonight? More Star Fox. A I need, great game. I need Fox to just bottle whatever it was that happened yesterday and bring that exact same thing tonight and figure out a way to put up 30, put up 35, put up 40, put up 60. I don't care. <laughs> Just go out there and play ball and, and show us that you're back and that you're building for, towards something in the, the stretch run, the final 28 games of the season. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. De'Aaron Fox has to be the the number one guy for them, and I would I would love to see it tonight, especially in this spot. Put the team on his back a little bit. Uh, that said, that ties in a little bit to my first key, and that is team effort. De'Aaron Fox can be the leader, but he needs people following him, especially in the altitude. There's there's going to be players who react well to it. There's going to be players who don't. Um, I think the more help that you can get from your bench, the more depth you can get, where you're not relying so heavily on one or two or three guys to shoulder the load. I think that only makes things easier for all the reasons we talked about with, you know, with, with the Phoenix loss where Malik Monk had 22 and the rest of the bench had three points combined, all of them from Davion Mitchell. 
I think that there's that added benefit, but then there's the added benefit of of lightening the load in the in the altitude when they haven't had a ton of time to adjust to it. All right. Uh, my second key. Yeah. You have the roadmap to victory for this team. I don't know why you have it, and I don't know that you exactly <laughs> know what the roadmap is, but whatever <laughs> whatever you did last time, do that again. Whatever you did the first time, do that sure. again. Figure it out. Uh, force Aaron Gordon to shoot three-pointers. Uh, mm-hmm. Like Whatever it might be that you, you think you can do against this team, we haven't seen... Michael Porter Jr. a lot. He he didn't play on Friday, uh, Friday or Friday when they played this this team. Like whatever it is, like there's a roadmap there. If somebody did the scouting report. I'm assuming it's Doug Christie because Doug does almost all of the scouting reports at this time. Uh, but there's got to be some sort of way that you can beat this team, uh, because you've already you've already shown that you can do it. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think you're right. Uh, whether they know exactly what it is or not. <laughs> fine but they have to they have to do it you mentioned Aaron Gordon uh over his last 15 games is shooting 29.6 percent from beyond the arc yep Make which him means shoot he's it. going four or five which means he's going four or five against the Kings tonight for sure oh, of course that's definitely happening yeah <laughs> they, the Kings are definitely if you need to get right from the three-point line this is your team right here <laughs> let these guys go play the Kings like I, I man I'm in the worst shooting so they are the official, the Sacramento Kings for three-point shooters in the NBA. They are the official slump buster. Yeah, no doubt. Um, my second key, it is a make-or-miss league, right? That is a phrase that I coined because sometimes you're going to make shots, sometimes you're not. You guys can all use it. You're welcome. It has to be a make night for the Kings. You can't go 9 of 31 from three if, if that's what they went last night. If you're doing that, the Nuggets are going to beat you. But if you can hang around on the second night of a back-to-back in the altitude, if you can hang around by going, you know, something crazy, like go 17 or 18 of 40 and keep yourself in the game. I, I, I think that that's, that's going to be a big one for, for the Kings tonight. If they, if they're not going to hit their threes, I think they get, I think they get run out of the building. If they are knocking down their threes, I think they can, they can pull out a win. Yeah, I think one of the the things that are playing into the Kings' hands in this game is the fact that this is one of the worst pace teams in the league. Uh, Denver is 29th in the league in pace. So if you are going to play a team on the second night of a back-to-back, sure, it's nice that team might not put a lot of pressure on you to get up and down the court. You still got to get up yeah. and down the court and get position because if not, Jokic is just going to be underneath the basket like scoring every single time. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, he reminds me of like that... That five foot eleven kid that, that uh, when you go and play a team in fifth grade basketball and and everyone else is like four foot seven and that guy's right. five eleven and every just time dominate. he misses he just grabs the rebound and throws it back up and throws it back up and you're just waiting for him to miss. Um, that's what Jokic is like. Uh, let's get yeah. to let's see my final key. Uh, you can't you can't afford to give anything away. Show up. Like this is the final game before the break. Leave it all out there. Like don't do the getaway thing. Leave it all out there. Maximum effort. If you give maximum effort and you lose, I think everybody would still be fine with that because this is a brutal stretch. But mm-hmm. you almost have to see it because if not, I don't know what we're going to get in the second half of this season. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're right. If they if we're in here tomorrow and 
we're talking about a 138-110 Kings loss, it's just kind of, okay, we're back to where we were the entire first half. But if they go in and play well, if they show up, then I think the story is a little bit different. Uh, for me, if if you're going to keep your legs anywhere, you got to do it on defense, mm. especially if it's Jamal Murray and Contavious Caldwell-Pope playing, that Michael Porter Jr., they have so many guys who can knock down a three. You have to run them off the line. It, you cannot, you cannot let this turn into a situation where the Nuggets are getting wide open looks from three because that'll that'll kill you. Totally agree, That's Kyle. It. Yeah, keep the I legs got. on defense. If things do those things, they'll win. There it is. We we have okay. given them the roadmap. That's it. We have. It's right there. It is. If as long as they listen to this program, scouting uh, the Kings report will go to Denver and win tonight. That's right. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, shout out to Mike. Now. All right. Um, okay. That's it. I, I don't have a clock in front of me, so I'm just going to guess that my clock is good. Do we, we have to go? We got to go. Okay. We got to go. Perfect. Thank you. All right. Uh, we have a couple 49ers notes from Locker Cleanout and Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch press conferences yesterday. And then we'll dive into some of the good, bad, and ugly from the Kings lost to the Phoenix Suns last night. And we'll have the handoff. One of D'Lo and Casey will be in next on ESPN 1320. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Final segment here on the Insiders. That's James. I'm Kyle. Uh, rocking from home today and probably for the rest of the week as uh, we fight off the plague. But we are <clears throat> working through it. Having a great time uh, back in here talking basketball with you guys again. Appreciate y'all for for uh, holding it down while it uh, means the world. So um, talking a ton of Kings. I know the 49ers season ended, but there were a couple of notes from Locker clean out day and John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan's postseason press conferences that I want to touch on before we get to the good, bad and ugly from last night's Kings game. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so it turns out Eric Armstead, Sacramento zone, shout out. Uh, played through. So in week 13, he hurt his knee and we never got any specification of what the knee injury was. He just missed uh, weeks 14 through 18 and then returned for the playoffs. It turns out he had a torn meniscus and just played on it in the playoffs and had a sack in the Super Bowl and, and played really, really well yeah. in, in the Super Bowl. Uh, that was pretty gnarly. He'll have offseason surgery. It sounds like he'll be ready for the start of training camp or, or near the start of training camp. Football players are just a little different, man. I just am not built that way. I tear my meniscus. I'm done. Like I'm just I, I cut my leg off. I'm done. <laughs> You're done. No, I'm in. Was it the? I, I'm the, a gamer, Kyle. I don't care. The uh, the <laughs> the Chiefs had a had an offensive lineman who tore his UCL like in this quarter, and he just played the whole game with a torn UCL. Yeah. Just. Like, oh my god. Yeah. That's great. Hey, I'm not going out of that game. You kidding me? And no then, way. And then, and then Javon Hargrave had a torn ligament in his thumb that he played through. Uh, so that was the 49ers injury news. And then, of course, Dre Green lies the torn Achilles uh, that that will uh, likely not have him ready for, for the start of training camp. Um, it also sounds like, based on what Kyle Shanahan said, that Steve Wilkes is going to stay. Hmm. He said that he expects his entire coaching staff to be back, although Anthony Lynn, the assistant head coach, got hired away by Washington. And then they're losing their offensive passing game specialist, Clint Kubiak, who's going to go be the OC with uh, with the Saints. But it was fascinating because Shanahan got asked about Steve Wilkes 
early in his press conference. And he more or less was like, well, there's a lot of conversations that we need to have with the draft and free agency. And I haven't even talked to my assistant coaches yet. And da 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 I was like, man, that sounded super non-committal. I don't know how much he's feeling, Steve. I wouldn't be... Uh, I would be looking around. That's what I would do. I, I mean, in all honesty, not to not to belittle the guy, but there were so many times where it just looked like he was out coach this season. And, you know, you the talent alone on that defense was going to win you X amount of games. But mm-hmm. how many times did he, like, call up a blitz at exactly the wrong time? Or even yeah. in the Super Bowl, you saw it again and again where you didn't see something that they had. And, and they saw it. They knew exactly when to run Mahomes late in the game because they saw the defense that you were running and they saw the hole in it and they just held on to that. I, yeah. I just felt like checkers and chess, man. And at the end of the day, I need a, I need a defensive genius. I, I don't need a nuts and bolts old ball coach uh, that, that goes out there and basically dials up blitzes using a magic eight ball. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm interested to see is if these off-season conversations have anything to do with that because Steve Wilkes has never been a defensive coordinator for more than one year consecutively. Mm. He's never gotten a second year as a defensive coordinator. So I'm interested to see if he does get a chance to kind of settle in now that he knows the personnel, now that he's not adjusting things on the fly. <laughs> I'm, I, I am in favor of keeping him around because you don't want to have to go through the growing pains of having a new DC once again, especially if there's not somebody that you're super, super confident is going to be better. You had, you had 20 weeks to get it right. Mm-hmm. 19. Like, I mean, at a certain point, it kind of, you are who you are. And unless he's going to allow someone else in the room to have more of a voice, mm-hmm. I, I don't think you can go through another season with the same thing. Like I, yeah. again, like if there's a a problem with this team, how do you have one of the greatest like on paper defensive lines of all time and not mm-hmm. lead the league in sacks, not be able to pressure a quarterback consistently? Yeah. And to me, that's a problem. Like you got to be able yeah. to, like, I don't know what it is that you're not doing, but I certainly know that the previous couple of guys, they didn't have that whatever it is that you got. Like, yeah, it's a good like point. they knew how to hit it every single time. They had something dialed up that was different, that was unique, mm-hmm. that helped win ball games. And I don't think, you know, they didn't win in spite of him, but in certain cases they did. So, and they did lose at least one game, maybe two because of him. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting because he is a secondary coach. Like that is where he has made his his living in the NFL and and in college but particularly in the NFL as a defensive backs coach and now he's in a spot where he's running a defense something that he doesn't have a ton of experience with but he's running a defense that is very front seven oriented this is a defense that was built from the defensive line they dominate in the second level and then the secondary just kind of needs to not screw anything up yeah at least that's been been the case in the past and now you have a coach who is very secondary focused, trying to figure out a defense that is very defensive front focused. And I, I think that was probably an adjustment too, which is why, which is why I'm in favor of probably giving him a second year mm. because now, now you can kind of work through some of those things in the off season, make some adjustments and come back better next year. That's, that's where I land anyway. Okay. No, I mean, that's fair. I like, I don't, I'm not all for just firing people to fire people, but yeah. at a certain point, like we had the, 
him coming down from the from the booth and we had all that yeah. drama and, and like at a certain point like look there is a window that's closing on this team and I want I want the best of everything in every single position including the coaching yeah. staff if you're going to actually get over the hump and win a Super Bowl. Yeah. That's fair. Uh the last one is that the Brandon Ayuk offseason drama already started. Ayuk's brother was posting on Instagram about how they're leaving San Francisco and he's going to go to Vegas. And then Ayuk, after uh, it is at his locker in his in his locker room clean out at his media availability, he basically was like, if it's for the best, then I'll stay and I want to win a championship and da 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 da. So all of this Brandon Ayuk contract drama has kicked off. Buckle up, everybody. Yeah, that's not great. He hasn't unfollowed the 49ers on social media yet, but you can bet that's coming. Yeah, this is, in my opinion, the guy that you can't lose. You, you, If there's a way that you've got to lose one of these other guys, that that hurts. Mm -hmm. But he's the guy that if you're going to be a top-tier offense and you're going to have a, I don't know, if you're going to build something with Brock Purdy, you yep. can't take away like the guy, the guy that yep. lives in the area that Brock Purdy loves to play in. And, yep. and to me, that's a big deal. I I could not agree more with him. All right, let's put a pin in the 49ers for now. Let's go back to the Kings loss to the Suns last night, 131-25. Although, uh, best loss of the year? <laughs> One of them. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> if, that's, if that's an actual thing. Yeah. It's... it's it's a loss that it wasn't a bad loss where where we're sitting here looking for answers. Yeah. To me, it just kind of lost a basketball game last night. They played well and and the other team played a little better. Yeah, I just uh I, I just looked up and you know the game is playing right now and it's one oh eight one hundred with seven oh three remaining and uh and Fox got clotheslined by Grayson Allen, which again clear flagrant, right? And e- easily. And he breaks both, both free throws. Could have cut it to a six point. Yeah, just like oh, that's tough. I really can't stand Grayson Allen, dude. Um, yeah, there's a lot to dislike about Grayson Allen, and even just, like ever, just, uh, Reggie Miller. And then, oh, I don't know. Grayson Allen's not really known as a dirty player. It's like, bro, what, bro? Did you do any prep work for this for this game at all? Do do you watch basketball? Like, what are you talking about? Grayson Allen, not really. I felt like Ram- it was... Ramsey hit the nail on the head in the chatty house. Grayson Allen's been dirty since he was at Duke. Yeah, That's he's fact. a tripper. He's a tripper at Duke. He trips everybody. Like, what are we talking Dude. about? It, it was almost like it was the first time he'd ever seen Grayson Allen and the first time he'd ever watched Amonis Sabonis play. Like, what exactly is happening? Like, Would that Hang on, real quick. Would that shock you? No, because when they say, that, oh, you know, the national audience, like, they don't get to see the Sacramento Kings very often. Okay, I guess Reggie Miller is part of that. He's part of the national audience that, that doesn't stay up to watch Kings basketball. Okay. That's just weird to have him call the game. Like, well, I, <laughs> I, I, I just, it's his job to, to prep. And I guess he, I guess he doesn't. It's like when you have a, a, a two year old and you give them ice cream for the first time and you get to see their face. That's what I felt like Reggie Miller was doing with Demonis Sabonis. It's like, yeah. oh my gosh, this is amazing. I need more. I need more. You're like, bro, 
He's been this player for the last like five years and people ignore him for some reason. I don't know. And you would figure that again, where did Reggie Miller play his entire career? Uh, Indiana, Indiana. Where did Demonis Sabonis come from before his stop in Sacramento? Oklahoma city. No, <laughs> Indiana. <laughs> I know. Yeah, like, come on, bro. Like that's, he played for your team and you're acting like you've never seen him before. I don't know. My bad. Like, sorry. Would it? But that's like the whole deal, right? I guess. Is that the whole issue? I guess. Right. How can it be the John, whole issue? Playing, playing as well, playing it, but I, I guess like, I don't know. I, I I hate this this whole not not hate the discussion, but I hate that this is that this is still a thing because it's like we saw the Kings play in the most exciting playoff series last year, like one, less than one year ago. They yep. were in the most exciting playoff series of the playoffs. They had that uh was it the the national TV game against the Knicks and they and they lit it up and they were awesome. And they've had national TV games this year. They've had a couple where they fell flat, but it's not like they've been absent from the national TV slate. And I, I if at this point if you're if you're talking point about the Kings is like, "Oh wow, look, the Kings can play." It's like you're you're a year and a half late on that. Yeah, you're a little behind. You're a little behind. So bro. it just it, it's it's nice to to see people kind of recognize what everybody else in in this region has been watching and seeing, and people who really follow the NBA have been watching and seeing. Mm-hmm. Like that's nice, but also like catch up, dog. Like, yeah, do, do the job. Do the job. Um, the, the good Sorry. from the game. I I think the, the number one good. Fox looks like Fox. Yeah. Like, I mean, you finally got to see De'Aaron Fox return to form. And to me, that's the most crucial part of this whole thing. If if that's who you're getting in the second half of the season, the Kings have a shot. If if it's not, this is going to be a long 28 games down the stretch. Yeah. Do you uh, want to bring in Kenny for this? Yeah, Kenny, you want to pop in right. and, and do uh, the good, the bad, and the hang ugly? Out with us? All right. Kenny Carraway. Oh, I added him. You removed him. There we go. Sure, Kenny sure. Carraway in the building for the handoff. Uh, Kenny, we're doing good, bad, and ugly from the Sacramento Kings loss to the Phoenix Suns last night. And we were just talking about De'Aaron Fox as the number one good thing that happened last night because you felt De'Aaron Fox on the court. I you could see that he was out there. He was really, really good and looked like an MVP candidate again. I agree. I agree. I, I, that's what I wanted to see yesterday. That's what I called mm-hmm. for yesterday. I said it was time for him you know, to step up, be the best player on the, on the team, be a leader and have his presence felt, and he did that. It didn't result in a win, but he, he showed up, and he doesn't have to score 40, but I just needed him to to to, to be there and, and and lead these guys yesterday. Can I, can I ask you guys a question, though? Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Only if I can ask if you're wearing a Dipset sweater first. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Nothing no, says Valentine's Day like the diplomat. Stop playing with no me. Doubt. Okay? No <laughs> you know what I mean? Computers Putin. All right? Um <laughs> So you guys were talking about Reggie Miller. A lot of people yeah. were talking about Reggie Miller and what and how his broadcast was. I was watching my daughter while watching the game. So I wasn't like really, really tapped into what was being said. So maybe I'm the wrong guy to ask this question. But I'll defend Reggie Miller just a little bit. And I'll ask, what would you guys have liked for that broadcast to sound like? 
I would have liked to have sound like he had watched the Kings at least once before on the season. Oh, okay, but like so, so if so, I'll put it to you like this: if he would have watched the Kings ten times and he knows this is what Domas does, and Domas, you know, has a triple double. He was playing phenomenal, and really good. he was like, "Up, oh, there's Domas with a triple double. That's just what he does every time. You know what it is." We would have been That's like, just- "He's downplaying it." Like, like I thought, I thought he he hyped up and talked about how great Domas was last night because he was great to the umph degree. He was like, "Yo, did you see the movie hit Kevin Durant with a year? They can't guard him. This is a this guy is bad, and he's not an all star." Like I felt like Reggie did what you would want a national guy to do in that situation. He didn't. He played up De'Aaron Fox and, and Demontis Sabonis as much as you would want a national guy to. Last night, I get what you're saying, and I I do agree. But I like the way I I just a second ago. It was like you're sitting there watching the game with your daughter, and your daughter's never had ice cream. And you gave her ice cream for the first time, and you see that look on her face. Mm-hmm. That's what Reggie Miller was like. Okay. Hey, bro, at least like that, and then the Grayson Allen comment where, oh, like, well, Grayson Allen really isn't known as like a dirty player. <laughs> no, that was it's crazy. Like, bro, like, oh, like, that's nuts. That's it's nuts. like it's it's Grayson, dirty player Allen. That's his name. Like, what what are we doing here? Yeah, no, but that, that's what, that was wild. And I think I think to your to 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 both of your points a, a little bit it not sounding like it was reggie miller discovering what has been going on for a year and a half now mm. that would have been just kind of being like did you see that movie this is what the kings do like this is this is what demonis Sabonis does and not it, it just felt it felt like disingenuous mm. i guess i didn't to, get that feeling when i did hear him i didn't get that feeling and like i said well i I just, I don't know what that sounds like because our guys here, the the home guys, they get like super excited when Domas and Fox do something and they see him every day. You know what I'm saying? Like, so like, what does that sound like? We're like, we're just used to it. And do you want them to sound that way? Like you want them to get excited. Like if, 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 so, if Domas makes a Euro step on Kevin Durant, you want to be like, oh my gosh, bro, that's 6'10". Making the Euro step, like you want that excitement. Like I, I don't know what that's supposed to sound like to make Kings fans feel like it's acceptable. No, I get, I get what you're saying, and you do want him to bring I think excitement. Kenny swung me. Yeah, I'm on Kenny's side now. Oh no, <laughs> I, I'm like again. No, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. The Grayson Allen comment was ridiculous. I'm okay with, I'm okay with sort some of that. I mean, it did like his show notes told him early in the game. Clearly, someone had written show notes for him. Hey, the Kings live and die by the three. <laughs> and then he forgot about that because we never heard that again after the first quarter. Like the Kings, yeah, he, he could have just said, hey, they died by the three because they're nine of 31. Uh, no, forgot about that take. The whole time it was like it was like he was discovering something for the first time. He and probably it was, like, was. It was like, okay. Like, I mean, it was, it was, there was like almost like a an innocence to it where you're like, huh. It's just like, oh, well, this great now, kid. I wonder why, like that. He doesn't have it. Like, oh man. Like outside of that, I was like, I was okay with Reggie. I was just at the same time, like I was surprised he hadn't like understood that that's what Demonis Sabonis is doing. Mm. Like someone like t- tells him, like, hey, he's got this is his third straight double double, a triple double. Mm. He's like, oh, he leads the league in triple doubles. They're like in his ear. He's like, he leads the league in triple that doubles. Might- 
Like that might literally be what's happening though. I, I don't know how I don't know how it works with national broadcasters in in the NBA because I know in the NFL you know what city you're going to go to and then you fly to that city a few days early and you get to be in production meetings with coaches mm-hmm. and coaches give you all sorts of insight and you interview players and you get to do all this. So by the time and you're watching tape, so by the time you're broadcasting a game as an NFL broadcaster, you could be this team's home announcer mm-hmm. for both teams. Like you just know them, their tendencies, this and that. But in the NBA, I don't, I don't know that it's the same type of deal. I don't know that Reggie Miller is like, oh man, we got King Suns on the schedule. Let me let me call Mike Brown and let me call yeah. Jay Triano yeah. and let me let me get in meetings with De'Aaron Fox and Demonis Sabonis and grind tape and figure out what this team is all about. These right. things just kind of show up and react to a basketball game. Right. You know it, who does that? Uh, Mark Jones. Mark no, Jones Mark flies Jones. all over the country and does exactly what you said, but he does that for college football and the NBA. And the way that he juggles and he knows so much about mm-hmm. what's happening and the inner workings and he's got a story for everything. Mm-hmm. It really is like the craft that you see from Mark Jones is something that uh, where maybe that's where I'm coming from. Like, now, I don't need well, someone Mark overly Jones, excited. The whole Mark time. Jones is the best of the best. Oh, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's no, he is. That's mm-hmm. that's like uh, that's like saying, uh, I don't know. I was just going to throw out a name, but like comparing the best of the best to somebody that's really good. Like, yeah, they're really good, but this is the, this is the best. So, yeah, Mark sure. Jones, Mark Jones, that dude. Yeah. I'm sorry, I got us on a rant. I was, I and now I, I didn't mean to come at anybody. I hope it didn't feel that way. I just, no, I just want to know just, like what that sounds like to show. people. Crazy. What that sounds like people to to be acceptable. Here, I, then I, I'm just gonna run through the the, the good is uh, Fox looked like Fox. Oh yeah, that's right. We're doing good, bad, and ugly. <laughs> Monk made his case for the sixth man of the year. Sabonis so adjusted. Yeah, he did. Sabonis uh, so adjusted a small ball. The bad. Thank God. Kevin Herter was effective early but faded. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Brown wasn't happy Typical. with him and yelled at him. Um, the other bad is not enough of Harrison Barnes and Keegan Murray. They got to have more than 17 shots. They got to score more than 15 points. Uh, the other bad is 9 of 31 from 3 as a team. Ugly. Yeah. Uh, with Trey Lyles and Sasha Vazinkov out, you can't have three points from everyone not named Malik Monk off the bench. That's mm-hmm. just not going to work. Uh, the second ugly, 23 points for Eric Gordon. Uh, who also caught a lob and dunked on you and did the too small thing? You you can't really have that either. Uh, and then that was brutal, bro. That was crazy. Yeah, Eric Gordon catching a lob and dunking, and then in 2024, <laughs> that was tough. I can't believe that Eric Gordon like that. can get up there and dunk. Well, see, that's, I, I got to be honest. That's I, the crazy thing. Like like if if you're if you're talking about the Kings, be like, how do you let that happen? Who would have thought that was going to happen? <laughs> Bro, right, like, like, they look and go, oh, Eric Gordon's going to come backside and catch a lob? Like, okay. Just, that was uh, crazy. That's uh, the first time I've ever watched a game where Eric Gordon made a three-pointer. Oh, wow. Swear to God. Don't do that. It, it's not, Don't it's, do that to Eric Gordon. It just Don't feels like every time I see him shoot, he's six feet behind the line and bricks it back iron. There were some games against uh, when the Kings played the Clippers with Eric Gordon where it was like, oh, my gosh. every I, Like, there's nothing you could do. Right. Every time you tried to do anything, there's Eric Gordon uh, just muscling his way past everybody, fallaway jumper, three-pointer. You're like, haymaker. Mm. And, hey, the other thing I'll say, the Suns hit some incredible shots. Like, oh, we man. can talk hey, about hey. how how uh, Grayson hey, Allen is a dirty so player, but that, like, 36-footer at the buzzer at, at the shot That was block, crazy. That, that was wild. Grayson Allen slash Danny Fry hitting that, uh, that <laughs> heave three was ridiculous. 
<laughs> Shout out Danny in San Francisco. He looks like Jimmy G and Grayson Allen. That's so funny. He looks like Matt Vaskersian is who he looks ah, like. That's a good call, too. Uh, um, oh, what was I going to say about Eric Gordon and hitting threes and dunking? I can't remember. I got, oh, remember in 2017? I think it was the 2017 series, Game 7, Rockets Warriors, yeah. when the Rockets went over 27, had an over 27 stretch from three. Yeah. Eric Gordon shot one from above the break on the left side and it hit all backboard on the right side. <laughs> I have never seen an NBA player brick a shot that badly. Hey, Devin <laughs> Booker hit the side of the backboard late in that game from three, from yeah, the corner didn't, three. You're like, what in the world? Uh, well, yeah, to your point, crazy. Kyle, didn't Keegan shoot a shot like that last night? Uh, he did. And uh, <laughs> I think Davion Mitchell also uh, like he it was something by, in the building. He missed like four feet. It was yes, something. In the somebody I'm not going to blame them. It was, it was the building. That building looks like Arco. <laughs> that building. It has, it's, it has it's Arco vibes. Too. Inside is bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not not a great, not a great arena. Kyle, we, we made it through a show. We did it. I'm so proud of us. Congratulations. We um, did it. We've done it. Welcome back. I'm so, I'm so happy for us. Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm hoping to be back in the studio soon. But You're missing uh, the Valentine's party just like we are because it's about to happen right now. I, I, oh, no, I, I, I RSVP'd to go, too, yeah. so I was really excited to play bingo. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a great time. Starts at 12. This is great for the whole company. You wore your dipset sweater and everything. <laughs> just up. All right. I'll just uh, up that's it for go. me and James. D'Lo and KC are coming up next on ESPN 1320. Sacramento Sports Leader. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 